As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome to the latest edition here that podcast. Growlin Pauliner Jr. and Jay Morrison of the Athletic are here with you. Jay, Jay is um <laughs> Jay's Jay's huddling up in his car right now. This is this is called resourceful journalism, folks. This is Jay, you're we get to view Hamilton live behind you right now. <laughs> so the power's out inside the house, so you've huddled in the car? Yes, coming to you live from the Toyota Sienna Studios. Uh, uh, I've been at, in the Sienna Studios. <laughs> you have. Uh, we, we did a, a, a podcast for, I think it was a, a Inquirer podcast. We were driving back from Pittsburgh, recorded yes. it live while driving with Kevin Goheen and I think Richard Skinner one year. Yeah, we've the, the Sienna Studios. Uh, you know, we needed to put up like the you know the stuff you put on the walls inside of this all the studios. You need to have those all over, cover your windows with that instead. Focus on what's important. Either way, sounds good, looks uncomfortable. I'm excited about today's episode. Yeah, there's a four way stop right behind me. I just hope there's not an accident or anything as we're recording this. Is I'm waiting for my power to come back on, and I see a truck out there right now with flashing lights. So maybe maybe they're addressing the issue, but. I, well, we'll I stick, hope you we'll have to here. talk to them in the middle of this podcast. We'll be, we'll <laughs> oh, that be would ready be great. For that. Uh, thanks to everybody <laughs> that is watching on the YouTube channel, of course, and enjoying watching Jay's comfort level decrease by the minute. <laughs> uh, remember to uh, like, subscribe, all those things that you're supposed to do on the YouTubes uh, to to follow along as we go through camp. And there's a lot of stuff to get to. Um, we'll do our uh, daily Joe Burrow cart up update. Um, we're going to talk a little bit today about defensive expectations, um, which feels fitting coming off a day on Thursday that the defense dominated uh, and showed off a little bit, to be honest. And uh, it kind of got us thinking, let's let's talk a little bit about that. What are the expectations? What are we seeing there? Um, we'll offer up our new segment, uh, which is Insider Scoops. Sometimes <laughs> these will be good scoops. Sometimes this will be just silly stuff that we have seen. Uh, sometimes maybe it could be just kind of made up on the spot. But we see a lot of stuff, and we don't even think – we don't really have a spot on the podcast to always talk about it. Uh, and so this is a good chance for us to just tell you some of the stuff that we see that maybe makes us laugh or we find interesting. So Insider Scoops coming to you too. And then we're going to finish off with a listener slash reader Q&A. Had, had a bunch of extras to try to get to from the other day that we didn't get to. And uh, so we'll drop in a few of those. So let's start. Uh, stories are up on the site right now. Um, I have a story up on Chris Evans and snacks. And <laughs> mostly snacks. Jay, if, if I felt like it would have been at all tolerated, I would have written a thousand words on snacks alone. Uh, but I decided to actually talk about Chris Evans too and get away from just talking about his 
bad snack run where he somehow spent $118 at a CVS. He topped $100 twice, didn't he? He went back to restock the second time, but he went to Walmart for that one where they have like a, maybe a little bit more of an array. Um, I'm just trying to envision like star athletes, NFL running backs shoving marshmallows in their mouth before practice. Yeah. Like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> he was so criticized for his terrible snack run that he gave in. He made it right and went back and did a second massive s- snack run. Uh, anyway, a lot of fun uh, with that story and that lead. Uh, but the bigger story being about Chris Evans trying to get it right in year two. And uh, the opportunity, I would argue, maybe one of the biggest opportunities of any player on the roster in the mm-hmm. preseason, just because the only thing we haven't seen from him yet, we've seen flashes. He's made good on his opportunities. We haven't seen many opportunities because of the way it worked out. So he's got a huge opportunity on his plate. No pun intended. The next three weeks. So stories up on that and um, kind of where his development is and the chance of him unseating Samaj P. Ryan for that third down roll. Um. Jay has his story on Von Bell we discussed the other day that is up, which is fantastic. Um, great stuff there. I hope people will go and read that on Von Bell's development as a leader. And, I, you know, I, I just – I think the world, I th- world of him a- as what he's done for this team, and he is highly underrated uh, in that regard as far as, you know, a driver of, of this defense and this entire culture rebuild. Yeah, I, you know, a, a lot of times when you talk to guys about leadership and captains and that it, 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 you hear a lot of the same stuff first in the building, last to leave and all that, and that is the case with Vaughn um, and then the, the taking the rookies under the wing kind of thing. But I, I just found it really interesting, the, the little anecdote I had in there about him coaching up undrafted wide receiver Jack Sorensen after seeing that he was slow to get off the line and there were the overthrow in the end zone and you know, it looks like it's the quarterback's fault, and Vaughn's telling the receiver, no, hey, you you got to get there quicker. He's expecting you to be there. And then the one that really stuck out to me was um, Logan Wilson talking about how Vaughn saw in him what kind of player he could be before Logan even saw it in himself and how much that really kind of catapulted him that rookie year to, to now where he's one of the leaders of the defense and one of the one of the better linebackers they've had in a while. And it's just um, – it's it's interesting to hear those kind of stories from guys that aren't necessarily in the same room with Von Bell, but they are on the same team. They are in the same locker room. They all do interact, and Von's very good. He's he's kind of like Joe Burrow and A.J. McCarron in that regard where th- there's no clicks, that they are involved with every single person in that locker room. And I just um, – it, it goes a long way, especially with with the other leader in that room, Jesse Bates, not around right now. No doubt. Um, uh, that uh, observations from yesterday's practice are up, and, and uh, plenty of that stuff going on. So let's let's start with Joe Burrow. Um, latest in the locker room yesterday, and then out on the field on the cart. No more pick line or mm-hmm. whatever we're called the catheter thing that was in his arm still, which was uh, concerning. Um, and he, you know, we saw him walking around a little bit. I'm not gonna do, a, you know, a armchair doctor on his walk across the locker room, but you know, <laughs> he he is walking uh, for whatever that's worth. But on the cart during practice, out there the entire practice, standing some, but mostly sitting on his golf cart, um, including during wind sprints, which was just a fantastic. <laughs> Uh, visual and uh, as the, the offense had to run sprints sideline to sideline for losing the red zone period and Joe Burrow there with his team doing the wind sprints on his golf cart up and down the sideline which I which ever appreciated I think uh, Caleb No from CPO had that yeah. video that circulated uh, catching him doing that while well, we were I think we were all doing interviews during that time um, yeah. but anyway uh, great stuff great stuff there well uh, thoughts on what we've what we saw of burrow health latest run yeah i I thought it was kind of telling too that um on what day was it monday uh when he when he first surfaced at the at the facility and he 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 kind of hung out back in that equipment room and he wasn't walking through the locker room um uh, you know, I'm sure he didn't want to answer questions. He was in the locker room yesterday, and I saw a couple people approach him, just say, "Hey, how you doing?" Um, not, no one tried to do an interview, but he. It wasn't like he was 
trying to hide from the media or just stay away from us. The fact that he was in there while we were in there and uh, was getting something out of his microwave, uh, which uh, that uh, those marshmallows that you mentioned, my, my kids figure this out, that you can do s'mores in the microwave. You don't need a campfire. So maybe, come on, maybe those running backs can use Joe Burrow's microwave and have some s'mores. They shouldn't be eating s'mores. Have you seen? They shouldn't be in any of those snacks. That no, that's eat. true. No, the the picture <laughs> of the actual pile of snacks is is absurd. Um, <laughs> but if you had to pick one snack out of that, if you had to pick just one item from out of that pile, Jay, where would you land? Hmm. I, I I'd say the star crunches. I, I'm a big. You fan are a of those. star crunch guy. I, I am a I am a fan. Of, now the thing is, they're they're not they they're like everything else. There's been shrinkflation. They are way smaller than they used to be. Uh, so there's that temptation to eat a second one, but they're they're very rich, and um, you will not feel good if you eat two. I'm a classic Nilla wafer versus cheese it in my head right now. Like I love a cheese it. Uh, they they just the Nilla way those two always hit home and resonate with me. Uh, I that would probably be where I'd be choosing. But you know what? Taking you taking you back, I gotta. Under the radar, the 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 oatmeal pies, yeah, the little oatmeal cream pies. I mean, just for nostalgia's sake, there were there were very few days in grade school where someone wasn't uh, trying to acquire an oatmeal pie at lunchtime. There's no doubt, yep. like trying to pull a trade off. Oatmeal is healthy. I mean, you don't have to feel as guilty about eating them. You don't feel as guilty. It tastes delicious. Yeah. Although I always like the little, the little rolls, the little chocolate twist oh, yeah. rolls, Swiss rolls, Swiss rolls. Man, the yeah. double because you got the two pack. Yep. Man, I was always hunting those. I was always trying to see if I could, I could acquire some more of those. Uh, but this isn't just a snack. As <laughs> I, I want it to be. As it's obvious, I can't let it go. I keep coming back to it. I just want this to be about all. I want to talk about snacks all day now. Um, <laughs> But anyway, that's that's where Joe Burrow's at. A good development to not see the thing in his arm to be out there yeah. again, and they're not 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 doing the. You know, I was wondering if they were just going to hide him the entirety of uh, the month. Uh, still, <laughs> wait to see when we will be able to talk to him. Uh, when he will actually sit on the uh, press conference stage and address some of this because. We still have a little bit of this shroud of secrecy as to what exactly the hell has happened here. Um, that said, um, you know, I think you can you can guess. I mean, obviously, uh, much more serious than your standard appendectomy, and 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 expecting it to be lasting a long time here uh, through camp. But still, all expectations for now definitely appear to be that he should be good by the opener and get some time to prepare. In that regard, it's just a matter of how much. Um, thanks to everybody in the uh, YouTube comments that is that wants to keep talking snacks too. Shout out Fudge Rounds. <laughs> shout out Lemon Zingers. Feeling you right there. No doubt. Fudge Rounds, fudge rounds was what I had in my lunch a lot. There is no doubt. I mean, that was kind of uh, – so I always – so I liked them a lot, but I felt like I was always trying to use them to acquire other items. I don't know. Were you a big – lunch trader jay did you try i was always a barter no i wasn't i don't remember being a big trader i do the, go back to my college stoner days and <laughs> snowballs snowballs oh, were my go-to snack snow hostess okay. snowballs uh got you got you we, we've we've already <laughs> we we touched on on your previous life on acid trips as well uh <laughs> <laughs> we're glad we're not going to go there again. We do not in any way condone the use of hard drugs on this show or here at the podcast growling. Just a long time ago for Jay. It's a long time ago. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's talk a little bit about uh, defensive expectations, if I can stop thinking about snacks for a second. I'm very hungry. (laughs) Look, what we saw on Thursday was something we saw a lot of this time last year, didn't we? I mean, Mm. early in camp, all we were talking about, well, <laughs> not all we were talking about, we were talking about Jamar Chase, and we were talking about how good this defense looks, and it was trying to put those two against each other, right? It was, it, it was, it, both things could be true. Jamar Chase seemed to be struggling a little bit at that point in time, and the defense was really surprising people with how sticky they were in coverage and how much they were getting after the quarterback and then you say well it's probably because their line was bad and and we and it turns out at the end of the day the defense was just good I mean they just they they had the right pieces they hit so we know that we learned that last year well you know I think what we're seeing what we saw for the first time was the continuation of that uh on Thursday and just a, a dominant day for the defense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember a practice where it was that dominant. And I, and I asked Brandon Allen too, because it's typical this time of year that the defense a lot of times is a little bit further ahead than the offense. And, and he said, no, you can't look at it that way that um, they have to get better. He was not at all happy about that performance, um, not making any excuses. Some of it was just the pass rush whipping the offensive line. Some of it was was Brandon Allen not finding the checkdowns and, and holding the ball too long. But it was, it was bad all the way around. And it wasn't just the in the 11-on-11s, on the one-on-one drills and the 7-on-7. Seven seven. It was there was really good coverage that the defense won that day throughout. And I unofficial tally. I mentioned it in my, in, in the, uh, camp observations. I went back and counted up what I had writing down my notes and, and I had 18 completions for the offense and 16 sacks slash offensive penalties. So it was almost a push. <laughs> 16 sacks slash offensive penalties. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the flat, the refs were there for the first day and they were busy mm -hmm. and it was a lot of this, a lot of false start action. Yeah. Um, you know, holding, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, here's the thing about it. I just want to point out in case people forgot, because people tend to think about the Bengals defense and and a lot of this is driven by national narrative that you hear. And that is, ah, they got turned. They, we got a lot of turnovers and yeah, they had some scheme stuff, but they took advantage of Ryan Tannehill. They took advantage of the dumb mistake by Patrick Mahomes and Lou Anarumo pointed this out and we've talked about it, but it feels like it's neat. It's we need to talk about it again. This was not a defense that turned it on in the playoffs. I mean, Mm. That's who they were. That last year, in the regular season, they were eighth in the league in points per drive allowed. Eighth. 1.88. Okay? This was a top 10 defense all year long. That's before the turnover bender that happened in the playoffs. And even when they weren't getting turnovers, they were getting a ton of stops. I mean, we talked about it a ton in that Super Bowl run that what quietly no one was talking about was the defense was what was carrying them. They were getting big stops and turnover more than just turnovers. And in, 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 when that when you would have something bad happen offensively, they were always there to pick them up. And you know, go back. Uh, points per drive allowed. I have you know going back to eighteen. It's just you know you got to get used to the Bengals having a good defense right now. Twenty eighteen, they were thirty first. Twenty nineteen, they were twenty second. Twenty twenty, they were twentieth. And last year, they're eighth. I mean, the ascension of watching this defense get better and better with so many of these young pieces has been has been notable in all the additions. And now what I think you're seeing is the next wave. People ask, what are you seeing? What's been impressive? You know, we're finally seeing real practice now, which is very enjoyable. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like yesterday was the first day we saw what people think of when they think of training camp. 
which is a full day, a lot happening, a hard one-on-ones, a, a small live period, like real competition, whereas everything else has felt like a buildup to that. Mm-hmm. And what I have seen is I'm not going to go so far to call it the next edition of the old Fisher-Price group, which was invented by Michael Johnson, Geno Atkins, and Carlos Dunlap when they were in their first and second year. And they played as kind of these this package that came off the bench for new fans might not remember this in 2010-11 season. It was the beginning of their ascension. They just Mike Zimmer would bring these dudes off the bench and uh, just let them wreak havoc as in 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 passing situations. Well, think about the the I've been really impressed by all these young defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They look good. Joseph Osai, Jeff Gunter looks really good. Yeah, and he was mentioned to me. I put him in. I made sure to put him in in risers because he opened coaches has opened coaches' eyes through the first week. Zach Carter has looked really good. I mean, all these young guys that were not a part of this group last year that they have kind of built. You know, they had the injuries to Hubert. We'll see what he becomes. Uh, and Osai last year, and then you add in Carter and Gunter this year. I mean, you're talking about a whole wave of young players that you could see come up in rotational roles and see how they develop. And and in the very early returns, man, they look like they could bring you something. Yeah, and don't forget Cam Sample, too. I mean, he's a guy that can go inside, outside. He played last year. Yeah, another one from last year. Yeah, yeah, right. But um, they they do. You've got this wave of guys that that they can throw in. And I I think – that's kind of what we saw yesterday was the ever all the practices so far have been pretty strictly scripted and yesterday was more of an unscripted one so Lou was able to do some different things dial some stuff up there was one play where uh, Jermaine Pratt got in uh, and got a sack on a blitz Mike Hilton came on a blitz and it ended up being a run and he he just was stood right in front of Joe Mixon in the backfield so uh, they Lou talked about it two years ago about how they were so thin that he was enabled. He was just kind of handcuffed on how he had to use guys. And that was going to be a big thing last year. And remember that this time last year, we were talking about, I think this could be a, a top 10 offense if the defense can just be average. And then the defense ends up being a top 10. I think with all the pieces he's got and, and all this flexibility, you're going to see more of what you saw in the playoffs where he can just really really shift the scheme from game to game from half to half even in a game um and this is this could be a a big big year for Lou Anarumo as far as you know possibly becoming a head coach because he he started getting a little more interest last year with with that playoff run and now he's got a very very talented and deep defensive package or defensive roster and um it is it's going to be fun to see uh what they can do uh, if they can if they can have this great diversity yes trey Hendricks is going to is going to lead the pass rush you got a lot of other guys that could get uh, a handful of sacks for you and really just wreak havoc on offenses Trey Henderson was a, just wrecking ball yesterday he has been all camp he's kind of been <laughs> yeah he's been a man possessed this first week I and mean, he is after it um i don't know what has gotten in him i mean he's, he's always been like noted as a probably too hard of a practice player um mm-hmm. but i mean when he got came in after wrecking this entire 11 on 11 period and got a yet another sack and is just yelling and screaming about kick the field goal i mean <laughs> it was like golly this dude is he was blackout trey Blackout yeah. Trey was back, and it's like, man, they, he he just they they look they look ready to rock, man. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, I mean, this there is I, I I read off to you earlier the rise of this defense getting better, better. This is not only is it not out of the question, it would follow their current trajectory to say mm-hmm. they end up as a top five defense. They're bringing everyone back. We keep saying it. Larry Ogunjobi's gone. That's it. And they added all these dudes I just mentioned on the defensive line, the second wave of dudes we just mentioned. They added Dax Hill. You know, we're under the assumption Bates is going to be back. Motivated guys all over the place. They got contract dudes everywhere. 
We talked about, you know, the downside of, of during the draft of how many players they have on this defense that yeah. are not signed next year. And, you know, oh, what are you going to do, right? Also, you know who always plays great contract year guy? Yeah. You got a you got a contract year defense. Okay? So, you better believe that this defense is motivated and they've got an opportunity to to do something special if they can even stay relatively healthy. Uh worries cornerback depth, right? You know, Cam Taylor Britt, the, you know, Lou Anaruma told us yesterday, and don't make anything out of this. Hey, don't, don't, don't go making stuff. Don't go making a big deal out of the fact that Cam Taylor Britt, the second round pick, was not the one that took over for Eli Apple with Eli Apple out of practice yesterday and Trey Flowers out of practice yesterday. He stayed on the second team. Undrafted Alan George came on the first team. Okay. That doesn't. Again, I'm not making this. We're not turning this into a Jamar Chase can't play. Like, this is not what this is. But the bottom line is there's a, something going on. And he's Cam had had a rough day one-on-ones uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. Two in I a mean, row. I mean, he's two in a row. And so I think the thought is let's just take it easy. You don't need to throw him out there so he can get ripped up by Jamar Chase and keep. let's just keep him working against the twos is what that felt like to me. And we'll see how that continues. But it, and that's going to take time. We went over a week ago, or a week ago, a couple weeks ago. We went over the fact that you just, guys, second round, mid to late, second, third round pick, day two pick, cornerback, rookie year. There's just not a lot of history of that doing, being very good. <laughs> There's just not. Yeah. It's typically a below average player as a rookie. They eventually turn out. A lot of them eventually turn out. Their careers go whatever way they go. But as a rookie, the idea that someone's going to come in and be great who was picked in that spot is it's it's not super. There's not a lot of precedent that suggests it would. Yeah, and then the other piece too is you know Alan George. We you don't you don't pay as close of attention with those back of the roster guys. And maybe they saw some where he was doing everything right. And they're, they just thought, Hey, this is a chance. Let's throw him in with the ones and see what he can do. And um, so, yeah, I, I agree with Lou that, 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 you know, don't read too much into it, but there, there's something there. The fact that it was him instead of Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, Jay, you've got sack stats. Hashtag Jay's got sack stats, right, uh, for us. So I'm, I'm curious to see. I don't know if you can get them out. If you can get them out with, while you've got the traffic going on behind you. Someone was suggesting, are you within earshot? Is there an Arby's just out of range behind you? How close is the nearest Arby's? Can we see it? Are you? Could you take us through an Arby's drive through during the podcast? Oh, now we did it. We did it to Jay. We tried to make him do a thing, and now we're getting the circle. It all happened. I knew it would happen. All right, uh, Jay is. Be- we're gonna go Jay without video now. Are you with me? <laughs> uh, yes, I can hear you now. I, this is a suggestion from Cam, our producer, to turn the video off. So, yeah, you guys are breaking up. It sounded like you were starting to get into the uh, the sack stats. Um, if you got them, yeah. So uh, I was curious. What, like I said, with you could have pressure coming from everywhere. I want to know what the record was for most players with five or more sacks in a season for the same team. And um, I, I, I thought it might be the 85 Bears or the, the 2000 Ravens. It was actually the 86 Bears. They had seven different guys had five or more sacks. Richard Den on the high end with 11 and a half. Uh, the Fridge, Perry on the low end with five. And then Dan Hampton, Steve McMichael, Wilbur Marshall, Dave Dewars, and all those guys in the middle. So then I looked for Bengals. Um, if you had to guess, what what's what year did they have the most guys with five or more sacks? Twelve. Because I was kind of surprised by the year. Two thousand twelve. No, it was uh, one of those bad early two thousands team. Two thousand one. Wow. Uh, Renard Wilson with nine led the way. Justin Smith eight and a half. Brian Simmons six and a half. Takeo six and Tony Williams five. Wow, I would have, I would have, I would have thought that 2012 team that had all those sacks 
my it makes me want to pull out the media guide and 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 duck into that one a little bit because maybe I maybe I'm just uh thinking too that Gene maybe Gino was too good on that team but I felt like they had a whole lot of dudes with sacks but I could be wrong Yeah I've got the whole here it is. We got 12, 12 for Gino and eleven and a half for Michael Johnson. Six and a half for Wallace Gilberry. Six for Carlos Dunlap. They, so they had four dudes that had six, four. which is pretty, yep. which is pretty impressive. Uh, and you had a couple others in there with a cut with a two and a couple twos in there. But I mean, those the four dudes mm. with six is pretty impressive uh, as well. Um, and those were all four defensive linemen. I mean, that's that was the same type of group, man, where you could just they could bring it from everywhere. And I think I think you've got that kind of a group now, um, for sure. Uh, scoops, Jay, you ready for scoops? <laughs> Are you on Arby's Wi-Fi? Is yeah, that you're the really breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll skip this part. You you go with your inside scoops. All right, inside scoop. Uh, here, here's here's mine. Here's mine that. Uh, I, I'm wondering if Thursday was the most national reporters to be at Paul Brown Stadium on a non-game day. You had mm-hmm. Pete Prisco from CBS, Dan, our Dan Pompey, uh, friend of the program Tyler Dunn at TD Go Long, who is does an incredible job. Adam Beasley from New Pro Football Network, which people should be uh, paying attention to. NFL Films was in the house. I'm counting them as national because uh, they're not there the whole time. Uh, it was just an onslaught of people, and that goes after a weekend where we saw Kevin Clark here for two days from the ringer, Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback, Peter King from Football Morning in America, our Mike Sando came through here. Uh, I'm probably leaving names off because it's been hard to even keep track of how many national folks have been. I mean, yes, go to the Super Bowl. The nationals will follow. I understand it, but it's still so jarring because we I mean, we would go some camps where you would. It was a big deal. The one (laughs) day in camp where one person was there uh, nationally. And now every day there's multiple. And yesterday it was just man how how many people are here today it's it's been uh it's it's been life in the spotlight right now for the Bengals and all of them leaving without talking to Joe Burrow which I'm sure has been a disappointment for every single name I just mentioned <laughs> yeah Rick uh, Spielman from CBS there yesterday as well um oh yeah sorry I forgot Rick's forgot to mention Rick Spielman with Mike also Brown. there with with Prisco yeah all right let's just take a quick break Let's go, Jay. I don't know if you can follow along. We'll try to rip through this, um, but uh, we wanted to make sure we get to our listener questions. Um, so we've got a few of those here. Wanted to get through. Uh, the first listener question I had here was from Kentucky something. I don't know what it is, but it's a it's a it's a no picture avatar. So I'm not going to try, uh, but. <laughs> Either way, who is the most impressive rookie you've seen in your time at Bengals camp? I'm I'll start it off by saying I think I think Zach Carter. And that surprises me because I I wasn't necessarily not that I wasn't looking for that, but I don't know if I, I just was, you know, you're we were thinking, let's keep an eye on all these DBs, and they've done done good. They've done fine without without question. Um, but either way, uh, Zach Carter, I think, you know, when you've watched him in one-on-ones, you've seen the push he's gotten, you've seen some of the strength he's shown inside, um, his versatility, obviously the size at six five two eighty seven. he looks the part, uh, he's, he had production. It, you wonder, we don't know, and I hate doing this after a couple of practices, you wonder if the Bengals, who have been so good at finding these mid-round defensive linemen, might have done it again. Yeah, he has been really good. And, and you mentioned Gunter earlier, too. He's been impressive. And yep. even you had Tyson Anderson on your um, on your risers list, on your stock report. Correct. He's he's looked good, particularly in one-on-ones. You, he does, hasn't standed out or stood out in 11s. Um, but, yeah, when he gets he, – he, he's not – what you would expect a cover safety but he's he's really done well in coverage in the one-on-ones and 
um, they, yeah, they all Dax Hill. If you're talking and who's impressed you the most, is it above what you expected or is it just who's played the best? I mean, if it's just who's played the best, Dax Hill's right up there too. It's, it's hard to pick just one. Yeah. So is that you copping out? Is that what you're saying? You're copping out of your answer yeah, here? Yep. That's exactly what I'm doing. Okay. Just making sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> So the next question comes from Mark Grayson, run passer boot, who is most likely to have the biggest impact on the offense this season, Stanley Morgan, Chris Evans, or Cordell Volson? I will add a, uh, I will add an element to this question. We'll call it positive impact uh, because you can have an impact in a very yeah. bad way. Uh, so we won't go, we'll say positive impact between those three i have my run passer boot jay do you want to sit out this one too or do you want to or, or do you want to try take a stab at it i'll take a stab at this and i'll and i'll boot cordell volson i just i'm i don't see him winning the job so barring injury may not even get a chance and then even if he does get a chance how much of a positive impact is it going to be the other two are really tough um hmm I think Chris Evans has a a chance to to really have a big impact, but it it's it, I don't know how consistent it'll be. I think he's gonna he's gonna have splash plays from time to time. Stanley Morgan's gonna have an impact that maybe you don't see just because he is what he is. He's this great blocker on this on the edge. Um, I don't know how active he's gonna be in the actual pass game. So I'm I'm leaning towards a run with Chris Evans, pass on Stanley Morgan, and I'll boot Cordell Volson. I mean, Evans is going to have some kind of role, um, even without injury. I mean, they started doing that at the end of last year. It may mm-hmm. not be huge. With Morgan, I mean, he he's going to very sporadically get on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he's not even wide receiver four when active. I mean, he's much more of a special teams player and some kind of special package um, type of, you know, blocker, blocking receiver when they go into big or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I think it's clearly Evans. I, you know, the interesting thing is how quickly both of us are booting Volson. And yeah. this was supposed to be the battle of camp. And this was this thing we were supposed to be watching – I, I, I don't want to rule him out so quickly. I don't want to dismiss because early in camp, rookie, fourth-round pick, I mean, you expect struggles, and there were struggles. There have been struggles. It's it's, it's expectation. But you got to give – You know, I, I want to see – it's a matter of where they're at by the time these guys play the Rams, okay? Jackson Carmen does seem like it's his gig right now. I mean – that's just the way it looks, the way it is, and and Carmen's uh, Cordell is going to have to play really well to unseat him, uh, and have to come a long way to unseat him. Uh, but I'm going to give him that time. That said, I'm with you. I don't think he wins, ends up getting there and winning the job. Certainly not out of camp. Um, I wouldn't take that bet. So I, I I'd boot him too. But I do think it's interesting how quickly we're sort of like, yeah. It ain't gonna be Volson, you know, because that was leading in was like Volson versus Carmen, right? And yeah. kind of quickly, it's like, oh, that gap maybe is bigger than uh, we thought it was. But I think you expect that to be early. We'll see what kind of progress Cordell Volson can make as it goes along. All right, uh, next reader question here from Mitch Cornley. Now this was a kind of piggybacking off someone asking me about the punter battle and that was in relation to this is there a scenario where drew chrisman punts but kevin huber holds i know the coaches have talked about the high value and the ability to hold and huber has been so reliable does the same guy have to both punt and hold uh darren simmons prefers that he basically says yes to the, the answer to that there is no scenario where they're both i mean look it's either chrisman can hold enough no. that you're comfortable with or not uh, you're not going to be like let's keep let's waste a roster spot uh, on that. Um, that said, I think early impressions of the punter battle have been Drew Crispin's been just fine as a holder. Evan McPherson has not had any problems. By the way, <laughs> uh, he right. hasn't missed. He's been great, 
and they have been moving the holder and the operation in and out the entire time. It, none of it seemed to make any difference. Chrisman's done a nice job. Adam Cal Adamitis seemed to don't do a fine job. There's they've been unnoticeable, which is the point throughout camp thus far. So that said, you know it's clear Drew Chrisman has the bigger leg. Okay, I mean as far as yes. bombing it, the ability to do that. He's shown that he has that. The question is also, but how consistent can he be? How good can he be with the shorter inside 10 stuff, the directional stuff? Does mm-hmm. that does his leg offset that? That's what will have to play out. But right now, for this moment in time, the holder situation has not appeared to be a situation at all. No, because I'm, I'm not versed enough to know, you know, what what – speed from catch to placement angle of the ball at the placement any of that kind of stuff that's all too technical but as far as whether the placement is the hold is affecting evan mcpherson at all it's clearly not he's he's made every kick that that i've seen him take i have missed one practice but yesterday six for six they mix they mixed up the battery where it was clark snapping to drew and then it was cal automatis snapping to kevin huber and no issues any of the every snap every hold looked perfect so you you wonder the the if that's the case do, do they just stick with the incumbents but um you're right as far as the the punting goes drew has a much bigger leg does he have the touch does can he because the one drill where they were trying to drop him in the inside the 10 um and let the gunners catch the ball on the fly he put one in the end zone um there's there's a lot that goes into that um but i i just i you i'm with you there's no way they keep both those guys occasionally you'll see a team kick keep two kickers and one's the kickoff guy one's the field goal guy they're they're not keeping two punters there's just i don't know if there's any precedent for that at all no not happening um I'll pull a question here from the YouTube comments. Thanks everybody that's been following along there and uh, and following. If you're listening to this and want to watch this at some point or ask us as we're live, we've been doing these live shows here. Uh, you can always go onto the YouTube feed. Uh, Fiorcho Cinco is that what we're going with here? Uh, like that. What are day one starting linebackers and how deep is that group? Um, I was just kind of as we were talking about the defense or going to preparing to talk about the defense today I had kind of pulled up the 53 and is just thinking about the linebackers a little bit more I like that group mm-hmm. I really like that group I like their front I like their big four I talked to Marcus Bailey for a little while yesterday after he had a really nice play tipping a ball kind of anticipating the passing lane tipping the ball in the air and Mike Thomas is safety catches it behind him for an interception you know that's that's marcus bailey's play i mean there's no interception without it great play mm-hmm. by marcus bailey and he's in year three man he's and he got a real experience starting games last year and didn't look out of place doing it you know picked right up he was one of those linebackers in the depth of this team that kind of picked right up when they had injuries or a covid issue with pratt or injury with wilson uh you know we saw a group of those guys and joe batchy was amongst that group but that big four of young all on rookie contract logan wilson jermaine pratt are your two starters uh, Akeem Davis Gaither is your number three. If you occasionally, these don't play a lot of base, but I mean, if you're in if you're in a three mm-hmm. linebacker thing, ADG comes in there. Marcus Bailey, it's a good big four. I don't know how long until Batchy is back from his ACL, um, but you know you've got that. And then some. Clay Johnston came in, and even made a play in the playoff game. Uh, so, but I really like that group. I just I that's a that's a really nice group to have. And so I, I I would feel great about the linebacker unit at, at this point, just as much as I do almost any other position on the defense. Yeah, I was I was really high on Marcus Bailey when they drafted him in the seventh round. It just felt like a steal. He was a guy that was tabbed as possibly a second round pick had it not been for the knee injury in his bowl game and that that rookie year you you mentioned it he's in his third year but that rookie year was really a lost year because he he didn't have any OTAs or camp and just kind of worked his way in I think he got some snaps at the end of the year and then last year was really his first year kind of getting some actual playing time so um, I agree with you it's it's a it's kind of in that that no-name mold where maybe people 
that don't follow the team closely, don't know who these guys are, but it is. It's a it's a strong group. And I think ADG, you you had him on your risers as well. He has looked good getting extra snaps while Logan Wilson has has been eased back into things. Um and and as you mentioned, they they don't it doesn't have to be this deep. It's it's a big benefit that it is, but in most instances, it's only going to be two linebackers on the field at the time. So you feel good about the chance to rotate those guys and keep them fresh uh, for fourth quarters and for the the later in the season. Yeah, Bailey really not interested in hearing anything about his injuries. Like, he, no, he yeah, doesn't, he doesn't want he doesn't want the word <laughs> the phrase injury prone thrown around. He doesn't. He's like, you know, I've been healthy the last <laughs> couple of years. It's just, you know, his yeah. injuries were so prominent in his story coming out of Purdue. Uh, so, yeah, he, he he wanted to make sure to correct when I when I mentioned his, you know, being <laughs> healthy. And he's like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing for me. Like, I've been I've been healthy. OK, <laughs> so uh, and he and he looks ready to go. And that's, you know, year three, year four. Mm-hmm. Man, good time for those guys to really take off. And that investment the Bengals made in that room a few years ago uh should really be blossoming this year between all those guys in that group. After years and years of feeling like they had nobody there, it's very different to look there and see a number of somebodies. <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up with question from D at D Witness, Dreams of Witness, on uh, Twitter, and that was asking, oh, yeah, what's the hottest training camp you've ever attended? Jay, are you able to like pluck years? Like people say, oh, the summer of 77, right? Like, are you able to uh, pluck years that you remember it being exceptionally hot? I, I can't. I can't either because once you get to a certain, it's, it's like when you're rich, one, what's the difference between 10 million and 15 million? It's, it's just, it's, it's you say it's that like and, we're rich. It's like when you're rich, right? Like you, <laughs> you say that like, like we, you know, this podcast makes a million dollars an episode. In my mind, it would that's what it would be like. Where what that extra five million doesn't mean anything, and it's just like what's the extra three degrees from ninety seven to one hundred? It's still damn hot. And I used to be able to handle the heat better. The older you get, the the hotter and more miserable it feels. So, and my memory's getting shorter. So I'm gonna say yesterday. Yesterday was the hottest, worst day I've ever had. <laughs> I just so enjoy Jay with his Wi-Fi not working properly from his Toyota <laughs> Sienna in Hamilton. You know when you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I, you know what? I will say this: there's there's one the you know my first camp in Georgetown uh, way back in like 2010. Mm. Georgetown just had a different heat, right? You were down. I felt like you were down in the valley. There was all the woods surrounding you. There was bugs. It felt more humid. I think of Georgetown, and I think of a different level of sweat. Uh, so I that's part to me. I actually, the downtown always felt cooler to me. Uh, but the Georgetown ones always were hot. I rem- I do remember a particularly. I think 2019 was a particularly pleasant. Uh, it was one year where it seemed like it was never hot. Every day was mm. just perfect and beautiful, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, this year has not been that. It has no. been hot and humid almost every day. So yeah, I, I would agree. Yesterday was uh, yesterday was one of those where everybody, no matter who you were. Uh, was was sweating. Shout out Adam Beasley, by the way, who we mentioned earlier of Pro of uh, Pro Football Network, uh, who bought me a lemonade. Well, the night, <laughs> that was very the, nice. The, the media water, the media water uh, cooler was empty, and the guy going around selling the giant lemonades, like those ones that you get for kids with the souvenir cup. Uh, throw it was a throwback, <laughs> like nineteen ninety five souvenir cup. It was huge. Filled with nothing but sugary lemonade. And he bought me a nice $5 lemonade. God bless him. So we sat there and we we drank our giant souvenir cup lemonades together on the sidelines. And it was delightful. Very refreshing. You know, the, Thanks, the other reason it feels so hot now is they used to let us under the tents. And now we can't get anywhere. In it. You can't even get out of the, the sun and the heat um, even for a little bit. So Can I get um, a tent, Jay? Yeah, that... Can I just, we should just be able want, to get a tent. Want, can I bring my own tent at this point? Like if if they're not going to provide some place <laughs> where I don't pass out of heat stroke, 
right? Or like one <laughs> bad folding chair that I can sit in in case I'm going to pass out, right? Or one of these camera dudes that have to lug these giant cameras around might want a place to sit where they're not baking in the sun. Maybe I just bring one of my own like little tailgate tents and set it set it up in a corner way out of the way so in case i feel like i'm gonna pass out of heat stroke i have a place to go sit down for a second i think they'd allow that you get one of those umbrella hats give you the shade the umbrella hats the umbrella hat is not going to save me from passing out when it's 95 (laughs) okay (laughs) all it's going to happen is the umbrella hat is going to when it hits the ground it's going to bounce back and poke me in the eye it's something it's the only thing that's going to (laughs) happen The umbrella hat is not a solution. Maybe if there was one with one of those misters attached to it, you know, the mister with the fan. Oh, yeah. That like comes out to the side and just shoots your face with mist the whole time. So if anybody's, anybody's looking to I buy a gift. I think I have a few of those that were like $25 that you get at Disney from way back in the day. Maybe I'll, I'll fill one of those up and. We definitely have the battery-operated fan, fan. I had the one with the mister. Those run out of yeah. batteries real quick. We had one at one point because we had we would attach it to the kid's uh, stroller, and so they always keep it right there, and you could you could mist. Mm. And then, yeah, but they would use it too much, and, and they loved misting themselves and next thing you know, it's dead when you need it, and so we threw it away. But, <laughs> you know, maybe there's a more expensive one that could, that could work. But either way, uh, just just a bad tent. I need a, just one place just to sit for a minute. But that's all right. We're battling through. We're excited to do it. Camp is fun, and we're happy to bring it to you. We'll be back on or next week on Tuesday again. Yeah, because the off day is Tuesday. Uh, with yep. plenty more to report from what's been going on at Bengals Camp and more stories to come. Make sure you go check out the site. Um, subscribe as always. Thank you everybody that's been watching on YouTube and enjoying the YouTubes and uh, like, rate subscribe all those things and uh we certainly appreciate it and uh jay good luck to you you can just all you gotta do is just turn the car on and start driving and you head down to practice well yeah i gotta go i gotta run back in the house and get a few things but yeah i'm i'm ready to go now all right well uh good luck to you and your power and everybody that's trying to live at your house so uh thanks everybody (laughs) for watching listening and uh we'll talk to you next time